Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. You are listening to Storygram Podcast Network. Now, 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 that's right. It is Gothtober season three, episode three. God damn, that is such a good album. I always it is forget about the it. Best. <laughs> I always forget. I love first and last and always the, the most. It's because mm-hmm. it's the first one I heard, but that one still sounds good to me. So it's up there. I am Takeshi. With me, I have Santos. Today, we are going to talk about one of my most anticipated animes ever. We're talking about Devil's a Part-Timer Season 2. And this is because Season 1 came out like in 2006. So, for a very, very, very long time, about 10-ish years, I've been wishing for a new season. And we got it. (laughs) why did it take so long i don't know there's nothing there or it doesn't say exactly what's going on you don't tell us what the holdup was nope not (laughs) at all never will which is pretty goth i mean you know (laughs) mysterious mysterious but i'll admit when it came out i saw the trailer practically pissed myself because i was so excited so it it was released in July 14th, 2022, and it went till September 29th of 2022. So we're pretty current. It is 12 episodes, 
I believe it's the same crew, pretty much the same crew, who did the originals. And it kind of just takes off right after the first season, so it seems like. Okay, so we're just going to spoil the out of this, so I'm just going to warn everybody right now. Yeah, yeah, if you're worried about it, then watch it and then play us after. So, yeah, like you said, it starts, it kind of picks up where season one left off. It's not like fast forwarding through time. So maybe like a week th- later. Right. So it's like the devil, Lucifer and the sergeant of arms living together in an apartment. And then their neighbor is Susano. Susano. Yeah. Okay. So like they, that part, she lives next door. She's kind of like magical, right? She's kind of like Emmy's right hand. Yeah. Pretty and then, much. Cause she's trying to keep an eye on them. Like it's still like they're surveillancing. But that's the whole entire thing. They don't really have to because they're no longer working for heaven. Yeah, they're no longer working for heaven. And then the devil's not super motivated to take over the world or anything. Like he's like, I kind of just like my life. Yeah, he's not super enthused with taking over the world. He's more into just like working at McDonald's as a part timer and having a good time, <laughs> which yeah. was great for the first season. But the second season, I feel like is just a big filler for the third season. So there's all this buildup, but the buildup isn't really too exciting. Well, it's a lot of like, when I saw like big, like the pattern is like, there's a lot of situations where they all had to work together, even though they didn't yeah. want to. So it was kind of like, but so they're continually working together on the same side. And Shiho is there constantly saying, I wish everyone could just get along. I wish people I love would love each other, you know? <laughs> so she's just constantly this voice of like, let's just be friends. And they're like, Ugh, you know, <laughs> like, no. But then they keep working together on things. Yeah. It seems like Emmy's realizing that the devil's not that bad as long as he's not overwhelmed with all this power of magic. Mm-hmm. And he could just be, go ahead and be his stupid part-timer that <laughs> he wants to be. Eventually become like a manager or something. <laughs> I don't even know what his ambitions are. So then, when the baby shows up, Alice Ramis, who's like a toddler, like two years old or something, kind of like talks. That. Yeah, already talks. Instantly, like, calls like him, daddy, and Emmy, mommy, just on the spot. Yeah. So they're like, oh, we think she imprinted on us like a duck does. But then it kind of turns out that Mao, it's Mao, right? Um, yeah. She has like a crystal or something. Like there's some stone or something. Yeah, like a crescent on her forehead, which is mm-hmm. a part. And it was like a seed he he got from an angel. Like there's like some backstory stuff of like him planting it and watering it and stuff like that. So she's like a baby, but she's also kind of just like this magical thing. She was born out of a golden apple. Yeah. So Emmy and Mao were in the middle of a fight and she was about to cut up Mao. And then these two little hands came out of the golden apple and stopped the blade. And that's when they was all mommy, daddy. And that's when I felt like, oh, wait a minute. We got some trouble here. That's when you went, boo. Yeah. But it's okay. So it's kind of funny because they hate each other. But now this baby is trying to bond them together in some way because... They play along um, and hang out together with her. Right. And she's like so in love with Mao. Like she protects him. Yeah. And eventually there are some angels that want the baby 
and Emmy's sword because those crystals are a part of like Heaven's Gate or whatever the hell it is. Some sort of heaven thing, the tree of life or something there. They get a little bit deeper into why they want these things. And I think I might let people just figure that out. I'm just going to ruin some other I don't, things. I'm for... not going to dig into that. No, 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 no. It's it's just like two lines. You'll find out in yeah. like episode 12. And it's just like this kind of throwaway line. You're like, okay, great. Just... When's the next episode? This season's a lot of angel drama. So you're finding out about angels. You're finding out about myths well, and things. But with- that's the thing. Like in season one, you find out that heaven is corrupt, if not more corrupt than hell or mm-hmm. King Satan and his army. Yeah. And so the, the second plot is that like some people in, in Essay Isla are saying, well, if you get us these shards, then we'll make you the ruler of Anta Isla or whatnot. And they give him this other shard to find them. So that's why they're oh. coming through the portals and everything. And that's where his general comes through and he explains the bird. what yeah, the bird explains what's going on. So it's cool, but like the, it, it's just like happenstance that they're on a second job and there's supposed portals going through this area and there's magic in Earth 2, which the whole entire premise of season one was there was no magic. Now there is this wind goddess. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, I could kick your guys's ass if I really wanted to, but I'll just be really nice and let you guys take care of this. You so you guys handle this now and then get the off. That's pretty much. Oh, that was the landlord's like niece or something. Yeah. So it pretty much proves that the landlord has something going on with magic too. Yeah, she was great. So I also saw that was fun about this season though was because they shut down McRonald's. But that's the other weird thing that you notice that they call it McRonald and not McRonald's anymore. They they keep changing it so the less yeah, it's already like spelled really weird and Yeah, yeah, but now it's McRonald. Oh, I didn't realize that. So yeah, like you said there's remodeling and then the apartments are also being remodeled or something. Yeah. Because of the fight. They're kind of displaced, but then you get like the tropes, like the beach trope, like where, you know, like all these animes, there's always, they always go to the summer, they go to the beach. So it's like their version, devil's a part-timer version of them being at the beach because then there's like a portal and there's demons and there's like a wind goddess. And so that's kind of funny. And then um, they go to, oh, Chiho, the reveal that she's rich. Well. One part of her family is rich. One part of it. She comes from some wealthy, like, farmer landowners. And so that's the other trope is they go all work together in a farm. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny, too. And the bear. And that brings in, like, some of the deep hatefulness Emmy has for Mao around her family. Because her family were farmers in the other realm. And he just burned it all down. <laughs> so like for him to farm and like understand like what it takes, I think was kind of like a bonding, uh, like a way of him repenting a little bit. In a way, but you see that this gets all on, on the last episode. I didn't see it. I was so bad. I didn't get to watch the last ones. I'm excited to see it. 
okay, okay. I'll, I'll admit, like I binge watched it. I so I watched it all in one sitting. And as much as I'm complaining about it, it's kind of like ugh. it's the how we quit the forest cabin fever thing. Where like I love how we quit the forest so much, and when cabin fever came out, I was completely upset. <laughs> This one, I was pretty up, like, eh, because I could see that very last episode, it says, to be continued. I was like, ah, oh, you f- I can't believe you do this to me right now. Yeah, there's um, a couple moments that I really liked, because why I liked this, the first season, was how funny it was. Like, it was so funny. And this one's a little less funny because of the baby, because of the myths. I did like the angel character. Was it Gabriel? Gabriel, yeah. Well, when he's dubbed, (laughs) he's like kind of a surfer dude, kind of like bro voice. He's like, what's up, guys? How you doing, buddy? Right? It's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like a really funny take on what he would sound like. The funniest part is he gets fired because he wasn't able to pick up the shards and he like ends up being like a bum, a street bum or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So now he's kind of, <laughs> so that he's kind of funny. And then I think the episode where they're shopping for a TV is one of the funniest because like Mao's all they're like, we want to That's TV. almost like a three or four episode thing that goes up until like episode 12. I know they didn't have that much fun stuff until then. I, I, I know, but like from, 10 till 12 they're just like off and on talking about getting a tv oh well they got i thought they got uh, oh but the the neighbor got the tv she had more money than them so there was and then asiel wanted a phone so they're like oh we'll get the phone next time but i just thought it was funny and asiel and the co-worker emmy's co-worker are starting to have a little bit of oh yeah emmy's work um, wife yeah, that's what I thought was really funny. She's like, I'm not going to set up my work wife with this demon or whatever. What did she call him? So they mean she's very funny. So some of the writing is still very funny. Okay. Okay. Well, let me go over some things I did like. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Okay. So at first when I heard the the voice cast, it was really cool to hear him, but you could tell they sound a little bit older. I mean, it's been 16 years or whatever, or 14 years since the original one. So... That's totally cool, but it is really cool to hear the, their voices again. The mm-hmm. animation's exactly the same, so it's that part's really funny. That the jokes are still kind of there, but since I guess it's the season two is not as punchy as one, yeah. it's hard to like p- try to put something in there, and like you can't just be throwing in like add-ins and stuff like that. So I get it, I totally get it, but. They're, they're building it up for something, and I don't know exactly. I mean, it's pretty obvious what's going to happen, but it's just this. this. <sighs> and then. <laughs> You're just like. <sighs> um, what did you like, though? What was good? The problem is, it's just, I can tell it's just a filler episode, and it's building up to something. I mean, series. It's yeah. building up to something where I might not like the series because this is going to be some f- battle for Middle Earth f- or something. And yeah, it is shifting maybe genre for us because when we first watched it, it was like a comedy and it was fun and campy and silly. And now it's like a getting a little serious. 
too serious for us. <laughs> it's going to get into the serious part where it's going to be like, oh, we're going to do it for Earth and humanity. Chiho's crush on Mao, which it sounds like he knows she loves him, but he's just like, I cannot answer this right now for you. And then the potential of like Emmy and Mao having, I don't know. Having if a baby or... I mean, they already have a baby together. It's like, are they going to... Is there any romance actually happening in this? Uh, There might be. God, I'm going to get into the part I really don't like. Chiho all of a sudden starts having special powers, too. What? But her grandmother had special powers. No, her grandmother didn't have special powers. Her grandmother, she saw when people had special powers, and it was just kind of a normal thing. So this is like all of a sudden... Earth does have magic, but for some reason, they can't accumulate magic. Yeah, because he did accumulate magic in the farmland, though. That's only off of fear. Oh, oh yeah. That's how he... Yeah. I kind of want to rewatch the first season. I have to finish the second season. You might get a little bit irritated like me at the end. I, I mean, I'm not... Okay. I love this series. I know it yeah. sounds like I'm the... I love it, but it's just because <laughs> it's because we love it. Because <laughs> I love it so much, and it was something that like I was really hoping is going to be amazing, which is it, pretty good. But it's never going to like build up to my expectations because I watched the first season so many f- times that like I it's countless times. So it's, I can't even. F- yeah, so it's okay. It's like we just, but then they couldn't do it again. So they had to keep moving the story forward. And to move the story forward, it has to take some of these. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if I read the manga, then I wouldn't be as upset. (laughs) Or the light novels, because it's all in there. It's all the same. Oh, yeah. I like, I think they were able to keep up some of the gags that I like about the guys being funny. Like, Asiel is so obsessed. He was like... You know, we have a fierce enemy, the budget. Like he's such a <laughs> householder, like, you know, like yes, trying to yes. keep the house clean, trying to keep the budget under control. And he puts all his his whole energy into it. So much so I don't think he understands that the coworker likes him. Right. I think he's just like, Oh, she understands technology, so we'll invite her to buy a TV where she has a big <laughs> crush on him now. Exactly. It's just some issues I have with it. It's not like big ones. <laughs> Yeah, but I couldn't. I couldn't tell. I'm like, is this going to become a thing where she hosts? They're like, actually, a romance going to happen, or I don't know. I'm just curious. Maybe nothing. But you see, that's the thing. Like, if romance comes around in the series, is it going to be as good? It's just going to be like a love triangle between Chiho and Emmy. That's and- it. Yeah, that's what they're hinting at. It was kind of like a hinting at a love triangle, and there was, and then they're hinting at like a big battle as well. So you're right. It's going down roads we're not always super excited about. <laughs> it's like. I almost wish they just started over in a different area and then they'd have to like learn something new because the first season, I'm going to rewatch the first season. Everyone should watch the first season and then decide <laughs> on the second season. And if you've already watched the first season, watch the second season because it is fun to see the characters again. And some of their banter is still really funny. Yeah, it still is. And maybe wait till the third season comes out. So you don't have to wait. <laughs> Do you know when it's going to come out? No. It has to be soon. It's got to be soon. Like by next year, right? Yeah, probably by next year or something. Oh, so I we watched this on Crunchyroll. Yeah. Did you notice that Crunchyroll, for some reason, I couldn't skip the intros. 
I can't skip the intros either. I can do it on my computer. Oh, okay. But when I put it on the Roku, like the TV, I can't. I was like, are you kidding me? So that was annoying. I think it was just that season though. Like other stuff I could skip, but it was just that one. Yeah, because I feel like Flying Witch, I was skipping the... Right. So they have to like program it or something like. I don't know. Man. I don't know. They got to step they just, it up a little it's bit. It's like it felt a little Funimation-y because <laughs> I was like, are you kidding? I have to forward this. What's is it? Two minutes and 10 seconds. Well, and then um, I couldn't. It's, it's a clunky to get to the next episode as well. So I was a little bit annoyed about that, too. Yeah, and I actually got to watch it in Japanese for the very last episode. And I'll admit, like, both of them are pretty good. Yeah. It didn't bother me having to watch it in Japanese. So did you watch the last episode? Like, do you have to, or? Well, yeah, you got to watch the last episode in Japanese. Like, Because their dads aren't all done. No. That's why I got to 10. And then, like, the next episode was in Spanish. And I'm like, this is the first episode, (laughs) but now it's all in Spanish. What's going on? It was late. I was stayed up late watching it the other night. It was fun. Still one of my favorites. Yeah, no, definitely it is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in it for the journey. I hope it keeps some semblance of the comedy. We'll see. (laughs) Anyway, we'll be back. Storygram Network. Hello, welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm your host, Takeshi, and with me I have Santos, and we take two pieces of media, and we take a deep dive on them. Kind of. We just talk about it. Kind of. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? It's the intersection of possibility, where what-ifs and why-nots collide. Some on the cutting edge, others on the cutting room floor. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. We sip our cares away, and you can do the same, cause you're in a safe place when you're whining with nurses. Storygram Network. That's right, and we are back, and we're going to talk about Echoes, even though you're gone. Unfortunately, one thing about being goth is you have to be obscure. <laughs> yes. In the handbook, that's got to be at least like six or seven. We know that uh, Echoes is a Portland duo, and it's Tal Richards and Lexi Norton. And so here's their description I found in, I think it was on Facebook. It says, they fall into a genreless mist of both cinematic post-punk rock style instrumentation and left-of-center pop writing, paving a new path and style along the way. And we put them in Gothtober. <laughs> yeah, we'll put them in Gothtober. How did you find them? Because you found them. I found them. On a story of someone I follow <laughs> on Instagram. So a friend's story had it playing and I was like, hey, this sounds kind of goth. <laughs> Let's check them out. So, <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know that much. Just a clip of their music, like 20 seconds or whatever would be a story. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah you sent me the album. And you're like, oh, I should we put this in Gothtober? And 
Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Okay, oh yeah, I forgot to also put that it was released December 7th of 2018. So this is probably the most current, if you want to call it goth album that we have. And I'm not really too sure if it's really goth, uh, to say the least. It does have some undertones or inspirations of it in there. Yeah, I would say, especially since they describe themselves as genreless. So they're definitely not in the, I don't know, like they're lucky they got this spot. <laughs> Lexi does dress goth. Uh, yeah, there has to be Pretty some. punk goth and stuff in there. So she gets the goth check mark there. The album has a lot of, like they said, EDM kind of elements in there. But she sings really, really good. I like some of the parts that does have a lot of the beats in it. But some of the things have like some dubstep beats with those like really big bass sounds in it. And her voice carries the the melody along and stuff, which is really cool. The funny thing is, is I heard a couple DJs do this at a festival I went to about two, three years ago, probably in 2017 or 2018. And they were playing a whole entire set of this. Oh, I wonder if they are trying to be genreless and creating something new, if they could actually push a little bit farther then. Because I wasn't like surprised or confused. You know what I mean? I wasn't like... It's not genreless because when you listen to it, it, there is definitely like genres that they're playing to. Yeah. I just mean like how how they describe themselves is really ambitious because I'm like, it's not experimental enough for me. Like it's, and this will sound probably very mean. Some of it's a little mall music-y to me. It's pleasing. It's catchy. It's, does that make sense? Like there's a catchiness to it where I'm like, oh. Things are very catchy, but I'm wondering if it's because they're so young and that that's what they're kind of like used to, what they would consider genreless music. I'm not trying to all over me either, to tell you the truth. Me neither. I was just like, oh, well, maybe they'll keep expanding their sound which will be exciting to see it develop because you're right she's a great vocalist and like i enjoyed some of the songs on the album it's um moody kind of like she wants revenge the lyrics i don't really listen to lyrics super closely but you kind of said with the she wants revenge album that it feels like he's always like singing about a breakup i feel the same thing like this is her journal like you're getting like her sadness and her like she's like using music to process her emotions. So for me, like I can't listen to that much of that in a row because I need to be uplifted. (laughs) I'm like, huh? Like it's uh, too much, but I liked it. There's some songs I really like, like I'm going to put on mixes. Yeah, I agree with you on that. There are some songs on here that are pretty damn good. There's some stuff that I feel like I would just hear it like at some, so you think you could dance or, America's Got Talent or something along uh-huh. that line. That's it's totally so you think you can dance music for a contemporary piece. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is like I don't know if they always use like an Imagine Dragon song or something. There's that sound. I don't know that band very well, but there's a song and a sound that this band has as well that I was like, oh my god, this would totally be seen on. I could see that. The I think it's mostly like the chord progressions that has that pop aesthetic to it. I could hum the, the bass line, but it would just be stupid. But you would know what it was when you hear it. It's going from like a major into like this kind of like 
oh, it's creating this kind of like this one element into like a little bit more dark and then it goes back into it again. It's the Mm -hmm. only way I can explain it. And it's, it's pleasing to the ear. So it's like, I like, so by saying, oh, it's like a, so you think you can dance contemporary choreography music? Not, I'm not hating. I like that. <laughs> it's fun. Of all the, <laughs> those talent shows, I think, uh-huh. so you, you think you could dance, especially the tryouts are the coolest parts of yeah. the shows. All the other ones are kind of hot garbage. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll say that like, so you think dance is definitely the best one of those Things. Yeah. And the contemporary dancers are emo-y and this music would fit perfectly because it's kind of emo. It's a little dark, has a little goth tinge to it. And yeah, dancey enough though. So fun. I like, like I said, I really, I had to skip the one song that she just has like a robot voice through the whole thing and kind of deal with that. That's the only one I could not. I was like, nope. <laughs> but I yeah. really love Saints. I think that's their kind of single. And okay. I like that one we'll a lot. Okay, we'll go into that one. I'm sorry, but your story isn't adding hope. Think your religion is a lie to keep my mouth shut. So I won't testify to crimes you're keeping score of. Why don't you throw me to the wolves? I thought you were one All right, there you go. You hear it, right? That's it. That's yeah. the sound. That's like the most popular song on there too. Because it's familiar and fun and it's like we're imagining people dancing to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if that's not in someone's tryout, it better be. Like they should be playing that on. <laughs> yeah, all this emotion and crying and we're like in a kind of a salty mood. <laughs> I like it. So I think it's good. I mean, I listened to it like for a couple hours over and over again. And I haven't tried to go on a walk and like listen to it on random. And it was all good. But it kept on just making me think like, I, I really wonder if this is really the future of goth music or wonder. I hope not. I feel like what I was listening to, I was like, ooh, this isn't as goth as I'd like it to be. Like I Well, I listened to it when you sent it to me. And mm. I said, sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> we, we might as well just go for this and give it a gander. So I kind of already knew what it was going to sound like and mm-hmm. everything. But, of course... I dig it to an extent, but then, yeah, like I said, it's just, um, how can I explain this? There was this like this meme or someone, no, it was my friend. He on Facebook, he has this 14 year old kid and it was kind of funny because he was like, well, what are you listening to? And the kid was like, you probably never heard of them before. I'm listening to the cure. <laughs> Oh, 
but it, it must be kind of strange to just have like all this music at your fingertips. You really don't need to like dig that hard to find a lot of music. Yeah. I know nowadays music isn't as valuable to people as it used to be even like 15, 20 years ago, but like as in like it's was special because you had to take effort to figure it out and find it. And yeah, you actually had to buy a CD, a physical. And now thing. you don't have to. So people aren't as defined by music maybe, or I don't know. No, not at all. More kids are defined by like streamers nowadays. Oh. And like, whatever the streamer is doing or whatever the f- where nowadays the only way musicians make money is to play live or whatnot. Yeah. It's always been the, the main income driver. Well, ever since Napster and like the downfall of the record industry and clear channel came around and <laughs> that's just a whole entire We're going down to a very dark, <laughs> dark place. Anyway, tangent. So tangent. it makes me wonder <laughs> Like listening to this, I could see this being played at goth clubs or whatnot and having that like tinge in there at times or I'm wondering like if, yeah, I've been having a lot of issues, but not like bad issues. It's just like me accepting where goth (laughs) is going. But they don't claim goth. But would it be accepted in... I feel like they would, maybe. I think it would be, yeah, easily. I think so, too. And then I also just wonder, though, who are their influences? We couldn't really find a lot about them there, other than that they're from Portland. we I found a little chunk of information about her, of how much she loves music and that it is a therapeutic process for her to write and express herself through music. But then also that... You know, the internet was how she found her partner. That's it, kind of. Like, it's just like, oh, that's all. So it's like, where are their music influences? Is there a thinness to their sound because they don't have the... You know what I mean? Like, they're not digging in and finding... I don't know. I I don't know. That's all. A lot of this, I'm going to have to probably edit. (laughs) No, maybe people need to know our philosophical (laughs) quandaries. They need to help us. Because it makes me think of the album in a different way. What was the album we listened to that we were like, oh my God, like get a grip because it kind of went all over the place. And we liked that one song, the Sparks song. Oh, Faith in the Muse. Faith in the Muse. So they, you can hear all the different influences it's like opposite. Like there's so many influences and it was going, it was like, pick one and stick with it, you know? And this one, I'm like, who are your influences? And if you're trying to be genreless and pushing the boundaries of music, it's like, do it. Like push, like there's so many amazing experimental artists out there and stuff. So it's like, what are you doing to be different? All right. Right. And then like, then if you're a genreless, then why are you putting in dubstep beats? <laughs> Like, yeah, what does that even mean? So I think it's, and then if you're journalist, like, why are we like pegging you to be in a mainstream television show? Like, we're like, oh, it sounds like you think you can dance. And it's like not a bad thing. We like pop, you know, like there's a lot of good pop music out there and stuff, but I don't know. Uh, this this so, is definitely made for like more like millennials or like zennials, I think, more than some boomer Gen Xer here. So... <laughs> 
anyways, <laughs> listen to the album. Uh, I have some of the songs. I did save some of the songs into my likes. So a couple did move it over there. I also started putting together a Gothtober playlist on my Spotify of all the bands we've listened to, a couple songs from each of the albums. You know what? This reminds me of also like FKA Twigs. But I think she's stranger. I think she's more... Oh yeah, she took it and ran with it. That's what I mean. Like she really is more experimental. LP1, I think, or LP3 or whatever it's called. There is a song on here that pretty much like defines this album. Wait, on this album? No, on FKA Twigs. There's one song (laughs) that like... Here, I'll play it really quick. It's on LP1. And it's just like, okay, well, here's the Echoes album. And it's pretty funny. And it's not even that it sounds the same, but it's like, here's what it is. Mm -hmm. Here, hold on. Finds the album in one song. And that's such a great song. That's an amazing song. So see how it's like could go. Like I feel like Echoes is like maybe yeah. they're just because they're just the two of them. We don't know who produced their album. Like maybe they just need to keep growing. I believe whoever the other person is might have done the beats and produced the album. I think they need more. Kind of like how you felt about Zola Jesus. Like it was like there's just something missing there that it was like could have made it deeper or Zola Jesus I think the issue I had with her was that she was one note yeah but I feel like Echoes is leaning on that to a point too because that's why I got fatigued by the album (laughs) well (laughs) Well, I should probably play another song by Echoes Yeah. 
I don't know. I think that's dope as Yeah, that is really good. (laughs) And that gives me more of that goth, more like, you know, like that neo-broke or whatever, like kind of sound. So it's pretty much why I played it. Yeah. So it's like we, so there's some really great stuff. So it's not, I just wonder where they'll, if they like pushed it in this other way. And then when you showed FKA Twigs, it's just like the layering that she does with her music is what is so impressive. That's what I'm thinking Echoes could build up to one of these days. Yes. And then when you say like your genre list, I just think of people like Bjork. I'm like, Bjork's genre list. <laughs> well, like, even Bjork, to an extent, like she had genres that she was playing with. Yeah. Eventually, Twisting. she was genre fluent or like going genre list. Yeah. But in the beginning, she was definitely like going for the house slash like electronic music side of things. Yeah. It was up until she got Matt Muss to work with her. That mm-hmm. has a kind of a weird Vespertine is the name of that album. I'm going to stop. <laughs> Maybe that'll show up later on. Yeah. Yeah. This is good though. I think yeah. this album was good because it gave us a lot to think about. A lot to consider and yeah. a lot to like. It made me reflect on like what kids are making nowadays. Yeah. No, definitely. Oh, God, I, I sound like such a boomer. You're not though. <laughs> That's like I think you have to be born in like the fifties. Yeah, I know, I know, but it's I'm 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 a I'm a new age boomer or something. You're like, like a your generation. Yeah, totally. You're just not a Gen Z. Yeah, or... not a Gen Z or like these late millennial. I'm kids. almost, I'm like on that in between. That cusp. Right yeah. when millennials start. But I'm still the generation that remembers older technology and used older technology. I'm like a bridge, like those three years in the 80s where you're kind of like a bridge generation. They call that the Oregon Trail generation. Oh, yeah, because that's what we would play in school. <laughs> right? The computer game? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And like I had a VCR, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I had a black my TV. Like I remember telephones. I remember dial-up. Um. <laughs> Anyways, God, we've been on tons of tangents and full oh of salt. Oh my God, have fun on our tangents. This is great. This is a yeah. strange gothtober. Yeah, I'm going to probably edit the f- No, leave some of in. People love it. <laughs> we want them to think they they could respond to us in comments on um we Ugh. don't have an a solo Instagram but we each have an Instagram account and we have so a solo can... Facebook too. Oh, you can find us on Facebook. Yeah, you see that's a that's a boomer uh social media. Yeah, and Gen <laughs> X. Yeah. If Gen X is even on social media, I feel like they probably rejected it. <laughs> Right, like all together, yeah, they like refuse like, yeah, to be on social media. Yeah, totally. um, <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> anyways, you can find me on all social medias under Glitch Unicorn. I also have a Fiverr where I'll edit up your podcast if you really want me to. At Extra Man Two, I don't know. Well, you should work with Takeshi. Be lucky to have him work on your podcast. You can find um, me he works anyway. on many other people's, not through Fiverr, but on his own. So you're lucky you can get him through Fiverr. And then you can find me on Instagram at Sister Santos, Spotify, if you want to try to see like what I'm doing with our Gothtober mix. 
And I think that's it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Our Facebook page. I'll answer your questions through Facebook. Yeah, we'll see you all next week. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) 